0: Welcome to another episode of Fresno's Best Podcast. Not the best podcast in Fresno, but a podcast interviewing the best people in Fresno, those people that are doing work to improve our community. On today's episode, we have Deborah Bernal, the Literacy Director for the Fresno County Library. Deborah is so awesome. She's doing so many different things to help our community, both around literacy, but just more broadly uh, to help connect uh, those without services. And give them the tools that they need to be successful in our society. She had a lot of awesome stuff to contribute, and she was just hilarious. So I know you're going to love this podcast. And let's go meet Deborah. <music> So where do you like to eat in Fresno?
1: So, like I said, I don't want to promote Clovis, but I have this favorite spot. It's called Thai Country.
0: Thai Country.
1: It's only open from 11 to 3. Okay. So if you're lucky enough to go eat there. (laughs) What? I've never heard of it. Oh my goodness, this place is so good. And it's Thai food. So if you like Thai food and the flavors that Thai food brings, there's no better place. It's on the 168 and Bullard.
0: What do you order when you're there?
1: Oh, anything. But I really like their spicy beef salad. Is it next to a gas station? It's next to Hungry Harry's. (laughs) And
0: (laughs) Hungry Harry's 168. What are these places you're telling us about? 168 and
1: Bullard, and it used to be open later hours. Okay. But they found out that they have enough business and enough of a loyal following that they can be open from eleven to three and still make bank and okay. still make bank still must be take good. care of things it must be good. It's really good, and the food is always really fresh and um the owner, the cook, yeah, she's using original recipes that she's used. I moved to Fresno in nineteen ninety seven okay, and that's still like a Thai place that I'd go visit.
2: Gotcha. That's crazy. So, so it's kind of like home for you now. That Thai. The you, hours you- don't, <laughs> don't really work for my schedule. That's true. So I know when you said that, I'm like, I can't eat there until July. Exactly. Until break. Yeah. Yeah. And it's
1: like, yes. And um, I had a previous job where I had people from all over the state come visit me. I covered 19 counties and other people covered some of the other counties in in California. And we would meet there for dinner. And we love this place. And then love of a sudden, they only started opening 11 to 3 Tuesday through Saturday. So Must I highly nice. recommend it.
2: Must be nice for them. Okay.
1: Yeah. It Wait, kind of. Thai what's,
2: kitchen or Thai country? It's called Thai country. Thai country. Okay. We have to go.
0: It's kind of like that place.
2: I'm my wife up right likes now. to go
0: there. Amy, what's that place called um, that uh, does those like uh, Chinese chicken salads and those like rice bowls with the teriyaki chicken it's like on uh no it starts with a z i think
2: oh um it's like pizza zinnia
0: zinnia you know about zinnia yeah
2: it's it's like um it's just like a oh frick what's that one on um herndon and is it zinnia
0: it's zinnia yeah i think it's zinnia and they have super weird hours, and, and like teri-
2: it's like a teriyaki donut. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I, for the life of me, I don't understand. Thai the life country. of me, I don't understand. Where? So, okay, that I feel like that place counts for half because it's in Clovis. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk Fresno proper.
1: Okay, so now, um, Chef Paul's. Oh, okay. heck, yes. This now is two you in have, a row.
0: This is two in a row. Literally, it was brought talking. up on the last one.
1: If you have not been there yet. Um, make a special trip to... Have you been? Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm, very I'm very
2: embarrassed. I'm very embarrassed. What are you been. ordering?
1: Um, so, it was so funny. I shouldn't say this story because if my husband ever hears this podcast, he's going to be so upset. But... So, I typically order the same thing. I go to places. I order a lot of the same things or little things off the menu here or there. But last time I was there... I was comped fried green tomatoes. And I said, from now on, every time I go there, I'm going to try a plate of fried green tomatoes. Because they're so freaking
2: bomb. They are so Most good. Fried green tomatoes are like, ugh. I'm literally, it's so we're, we're
0: having deja vu because we literally were just on the, our yeah. last episode talking about. So I, you know, this is like, I feel like this is the Catholic guilt thing is running through me right now. Like, I just have to go, because this is two in a row, yeah. where I've been shamed um, for not going. Um, You're not shaming me on purpose. I'm shaming I'm myself. I'm disappointed
2: but, you know. that from the last time you haven't been. You know, I'm very busy. Take a Sunday. It's, take I, a Sunday. No, not a Sunday. Oh, no, no. Don't go on a Sunday. It's busy. Church. After church. Yeah, it's busy Sundays. So. Okay. All right. Well, take maybe on, a, take Saturday. a Saturday. Take a day off work.
1: Just where, is it?
0: where is it exactly?
1: On E Street. Okay. <clears throat> it's in Chinatown in mm-hmm. Fresno. Chinatown. Okay. Got it. And there's a couple other places in there that you could visit if you've never been to Central Fish Market. Mm-hmm. Go in there. To...
0: I have heard about that mo- too. Have you
1: been to the Mochi
2: place? Yes, I have. Oh, how do you like Mochi? Uh, I think so. It's like homemade. Did you you tried yeah. it? Yes. It's... Oh, it's a good street of food.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good places to try out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my sons and my husband go to the barber shop. Um, oh, right there. Over there on that side of town. So one of the places they go to is Ho-Ho's Diner. Ho-Ho, yes. And cash I've, only. I've never had a meal there, but they love that place. So they're like, Mom, we're going to Ho-Ho's. It's also delicious. It's like it's a diner.
2: It's like an old diner, but like, and it's cash only. Time capsule. Time capsule. Oh, yeah. That's a good, good place to go on a Sunday.
0: Wow. Yeah. I. It's amazing. I'm just, I have a list. My list is getting larger, but I feel like Amy, you've been to a lot of the places that we've been have been described to us, minus this Thai
2: place, which we and I have, it's before Food Club. But that's I've been true. in Fresno longer than everyone is, here, so that's true. This is yeah. my home. I've mm-hmm. I've had time to try everything.
0: Yeah, well, Actually, so, I don't
2: know how long you've been here, but
0: <laughs> um, so. You moved here in 1997. Let's do a quick timeout really quick. Um, just a sidebar. I should have done this before. If I'm going to sneeze. Just, that's move,
2: okay, sneeze. We can edit it out. Okay.
0: Yeah. If you just move the cord so they don't, like, jostle you. So, Amy, if you want to just take the cord that's dangling there, or this is the cord that's attached to the mic, and just run it around the side. Because when you hit it, it kind of picks up a sound. So i would just wrap it around the top of the arm. Like that. Mic, mic flop.
2: Yeah, but all, can you hear me still?
0: All sorts of technical difficulties right now. Let's see. Yeah, I mean I can hear you. It's just getting this thing stable so it doesn't make all the weird feedback sound. Better? Yeah. I can't hear me now.
2: You
0: can't. Well, you just gotta you know, stick your mouth. Up. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. I think we're all good. So starting over. So you moved
1: here to 1997? In 1997. From where? Livingston, California. Where's, where's Livingston. Livingston? In Merced County. Okay. Is oh, so, it kind of in the foothills? No, it's no. in the Central Valley. Okay. Foster Farms. Um, oh. Okay. The last stoplight on the 99 from Mexico to Canada. It's a small town I grew up in. So now it's bigger. Oh, dang.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what what brought about the move?
1: So I came to Fresno State on a full ag scholarship. I oh. came here to study agriculture. Hey. Yes, I was very involved in Future Farmers of America. Okay. FFA. Yes, FFA. That's, my that's girl. Her. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was at club. FFA. Yes, um, it was very interesting. I had the privilege of being a ag ambassador for Fresno State and going out and recruiting um, students to come to Fresno State to major in agriculture.
2: Okay
1: worlds collide, right? I was a student when Malcolm Boyd was hit behind a fraternity here in Fresno. Hmm. And he was left in a vegetative state his senior year. So that kind of changed. It was a paradigm change for me.
0: I I don't know. I'm not familiar with that story. A lot of people
1: aren't. Um, Malcolm Boyd was an African-American business student. And he was hit so hard. By um, fraternity members of a white fraternity. Right, you know, on Shaw Avenue, there was Mm 7-Eleven on on Shaw and Maple. Okay. And a fraternity house that is no longer there, but was right next to... The apartments are still there, but the fraternity house isn't there anymore. And um, when that happened... A lot of things happened on campus. There was a KKK rally on campus. And this is 1997. Wow. You know, not too far in... Not too far... Not too long ago. No, we yeah. were we uh, were alive. Yeah, yeah, so... Wow. It really changes the way you look at the world, the way you see things. And that made me very active in student activities. And um, it propelled me to, like be involved in vintage days at Fresno state. Mm-hmm. And I was a student coordinator for that and okay. be involved in different clubs that were socially active and, um, wanted to make a change and be a part of a community.
0: Got it. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of changed your career path a little bit. It did. Okay. That's it, crazy.
1: You were a student at the time. But I was happened. a student. I was a freshman wow. at the time. You know, so,
0: so did you change your major or did you, I,
1: st- I sure did. I changed my major, I became a communications major Okay, and that was very interesting because I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do with this? And how do I explain this to my parents who I'm the first person in my family to go to college Mm -hmm. in my nuclear family to go to college. And um, I had a sister who was a year younger than me and I didn't want her to lose the opportunity to go to college Mm -hmm. because she was going to, she had the plan to go to Cal Poly. And I was like, I want to make sure that she gets a chance to go. So um, my sophomore year, I was like still taking some ad classes so I could keep my scholarship, and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to uh-huh. switch so um I ended up getting a degree in communications and mass communications and journalism okay. with an emphasis in public relations just so that I would be able to have a job mm-hmm. right right and While I was a student at Fresno State, I met Nate Fast and then Keith Burholt, who both got me into community organizing okay. and changed the way my life was headed mm-hmm. so
2: From ag to community (laughs) organizing,
1: which is so, so, like, try to explain that to your parents who are like, "Um, you're supposed to make more money than us. You're not supposed to go backwards. You're supposed to go forward.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, that does seem like a pressure that a lot of, like, especially students, yeah, whose families haven't gone to college, and then you want to do, like, you want to study creative writing, like, you know, it can be almost kind of a betrayal a little bit, right?
1: Well, I tell people, i that's why I see education as such a privilege, right? It Like, I had the privilege. Yes, I worked several jobs to put myself through school. But my parents didn't pressure me to become an MD. Mm. They didn't pressure me to become a lawyer. There wasn't this whole, like, you have to do this or else. Like, they were kind of like, oh, you're going to do that? Are you sure that's what you're going to do? And then yeah. they kind of were like, okay with it. And yeah. And they were like that with my siblings. I have a brother who's a school teacher in Roner Park. And I always think to myself, you could be a teacher in the Valley and make more money. And he's <laughs> like, no, like, I love these kids. Aww. I've been here for so long. This is my community. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: That's awesome to have supportive parents that like mm-hmm. wouldn't be like, you you need to change it back. You need to become this thing. And I, I, I've had quite a few friends, like I had uh, two friends in my undergrad that were uh, they were, their family was from Egypt and there was so much pressure on them to get medical degrees and like have something lucrative that, and I, I, I just felt so bad, you know, because one of them was really into music and he was like a drummer and really wanted to major in music, but it just wasn't going to fly with dad. And so I, yeah, that pressure can be unfortunate.
1: I, I have a great story to tell, okay. but I'm afraid that if I tell it like enough clues, that the the student would get shamed, but I will tell it anyhow. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so <laughs> clue one. My my husband teaches at a university in the area and um he this is a very competitive university for people who want to be in the sciences. So he had a pre-med student okay. who fainted on, on him. Who fainted? Wow. Fainted. They were he like fainted. Physically fainted on him. Wow! They were—he was doing a human physiology lab. The student fainted on him. My husband had to have this conversation with him about maybe medicine is not the right thing for you. Like he fainted because blood or something. Blood. (laughs) (laughs) It was his first exposure to blood, and um,
0: maybe a doctor is not the right job.
1: (laughs) So the student. Explaining to my husband, well, I have to because my parents expect me Aww. to become a doctor. Yeah. And it's one of those conversations that you can't have. Like, they, they have to negotiate it amongst themselves. But clearly, <laughs> you don't want them operating on you. I mean, yes. <laughs> Be yes. like, you know, like... Uh, uh... Oh, well, not I'm, even a psychiatrist
2: No,
1: because no. you're still going to have to take the labs at some point.
2: Maybe like a doctorate of history.
1: Somebody else with PhD so behind so the name. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and just never tell mom that it's not an immune. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Mom, I'm a doctor put, of sports medicine. Oh. <laughs> All right. So we had to take a quick break because I was about to faint, um, for my headphones, <laughs> not to make light of the situation. <laughs> so we had to get some water. Um, <laughs> So let's go back to the community organizing thing. So you graduate from Fresno State, and then you meet these two people. Who are they again? Um,
1: So Keith Berthold and Nate Vass. So Nate Vass came and presented at a class that I was taking. I needed a couple units because I was involved in student activities. And they were Dr. Jindian's American Humanities classes. And the American Humanities program at Fresno State prepares students who want to work in the nonprofit world. Okay. To go out and work in nonprofits. Okay. And like I said, I was taking these classes because they were one unit classes and it it ended up changing my life. Hmm. Wow.
0: So what one was one unit
2: your, classes. Yes. Yeah. Life That's cool. It's always yes.
0: it's always those one units. It is. Not those four units. No, no, the four, four
1: units eight. are just mandated. was a
0: joke. Yeah. Um, so what was your first job in community organizing after?
1: So the first thing I did is I interned with them and I worked in an area of town called El Dorado Park. Hmm. Which um, is Bulldog Lane and Sixth Street in that area, okay. and uh, ran an asthma program and worked with churches and people of faith to put their faith into action.
0: Got it. Uh, what was that experience like?
1: It was very, it was very, very good. Like, it, I think that that's part of the reason that I understand relationships and the power that working one-on-one with people mm-hmm. and empowering them versus. Advocating for people, Mm. right? So that was that. That really shaped the way I see the world. Like, yes, you can. You can do things for people, and provide help, but sometimes the help isn't helping. Mm. Right, and it's about asking the person, "What do you need? Yeah, what tools can I help you see, find, not actually do for you? Mm.
0: Right. So like. The whole teaching of someone to fish thing. And
1: yeah. sometimes asking for access to the pond. Yeah. Is, or asking somebody, hey, they don't let us get to the pond. How can we get to mm-hmm. the pond together?
0: Okay. So like clearing the lane for them to like go.
1: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because access is
2: everything. Yeah. So important. So it's, it's a big part. It is a big part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how long were you there with that organization? Three
1: and a half years.
0: Okay. And what brought that to an end?
1: Um, So by that point, I knew I needed to do something else because um, I I thought I was going to go pursue a master's. Okay. And and, um, (laughs) that's what I thought I was going to do. But I ended up going to a, a private sector firm and working in the private sector with nonprofits and getting... Funding nonprofits to do work in low-income communities. Hmm. So,
2: so it's uh, like the like the um, backside to what you were doing in person. Like, you know the work. Now you go and try to help fund that type of work. Correct. Okay. Cool. But
1: funding it until, by identifying grassroots organizations that are already in the community working with people, not bringing new ones in to say you need this, this, this. Some of that. Okay. So working with, like, for example, you could work with a large nonprofit, such as a Catholic Charities, which Mm -hmm. I did, and also work with uh, Promotoras de Salud, which Mm -hmm. is a Latina-focused organization that works with Latinos and empowers them to go out and do advocacy and be health educators to each other. So being able to bring those different types of nonprofits, that would capture all different types of people. Mm. So Wow. And that was really fun. I really had the opportunity to explore 19 counties in the state of California and get to make relationships and drive on the 395 and go to Alpine County. Mm. And I would not have had a reason to do all that mm. had I not had that done that work for that period of time. And I stayed there for eight years doing that work oh, and, wow. and enjoyed it. We mm, were a contractor a for state- um, California, um, public utilities, mm-hmm. lifeline program. So. Okay. That's so amazing. that was kind
0: of your California education and getting to yes. know all the different parts. That's such a cool opportunity to work with so many different areas.
1: Absolutely. Are
0: there like areas that you kind of learned about that were fascinating that you didn't really know about or like certain, like, cause they say that the central Valley is like one of the most diverse places in California, but people don't understand what that means. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. So one of the things that I will tell you is fascinating is, and for me is actually putting this into practice, right? So I had a coworker who was Cuban-American.
2: Cuban-American,
1: okay. But she presented as white. She has, and she still does, she has blonde hair and green eyes. And her role was to work with people in Northern California, Native American communities. And she went to a meeting and people were being very aggressive towards her, like, hey, there's this, this. And I said, why don't I come with you to the next meeting? And I go with her to the next meeting. I don't say anything. Like, I just say, oh, we're here to promote uh, this program, and we want to give you access. And they were so open to me. Mm. We found out years later that they made the assumption that I was Native American and that 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 had been... The bridge, the bridge to
2: talking to them. To
1: talking mm. to them. And they connected me to the Native American community and, and Bishop and, and Mono. And that was one of those experiences that I had that I can say, sometimes it's better just don't say anything. Let yeah. me, Whatever assumptions people put on you, just let hear them out. Hear them out because sometimes it's just they want to be listened to. Mm. There's nothing right. else, but it's right. listening to. So Yeah.
0: Mm. So... At one point, did you find your way to the library?
1: So I had another stop in between. I did public health in Madera <laughs> County. Oh, and then maybe
0: let's stop there. So what was what was that
1: like? <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, that it was interesting. Okay, I um I I really enjoyed different aspects of that job. Uh-huh. Um, but that's a really good example of. Sometimes you you quit something that you really enjoy
2: uh-huh.
1: because of personalities. Oh. so um, because I had had other offers, and sometimes it's like, okay, I, but I'm I'm already here, and I've I I can I, I can see myself making changes in this environment, but if you're not supported to make the change, oh yeah, it it's not a good place to be for for your own professional growth and making those decisions and seeing those. Those opportunities is sometimes hard, especially if you come from a community like from a background like I did, where I didn't come from a middle class family. Mm. And what what if I leave this job? What is going to happen? Like yeah. Yeah. sometimes you have to just go for it. And what I tell my 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 sons now is, you have to have dreams that scare you. Mm. Yeah. And those dreams have to be like in my current role, my dream scares me sometimes, oh. right? Because I want to see a world where there's no no one that needs our services i want to work my way out of a job that is my ultimate goal like work Mm -hmm. my way out of a job because everybody sees that literacy is a not a not a problem of of one person or the person that's low literate, but it's a community problem Mm -hmm. it's a global problem if people don't have good jobs they can't pay into social security Mm -hmm. that means that we won't um, have social security when we're older, or mm-hmm. if, um, who knows, we might be passing by the next great inventor because they don't have the literacy skills.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's it's
2: a problem I think people, like, push aside a lot of the time. Like, when you think literacy, maybe not at schools because you're in this every day. I'm not in the school setting, yeah. but... Like in the community, it's not like people you're hearing a lot. Like, oh, like we gotta raise you know uh, literacy levels until you like meet an expert, and you're like, oh my gosh, like where, where, and what, and who is what, like what, what's happening? Why yeah. do we need that?
1: So I was in Orange Cove just last week, and we have this five week series that we do a um, family literacy for five weeks. And I was talking to the parents. We play loteria, which is fa- uh, Mexican bingo. Mm-hmm. And then um, in between, like, we talk about different topics. So it was so interesting for me to see once again. And I see this again and again, and it's always so interesting. And I'm like, I cannot believe it. But the fact that parents don't realize that schools don't teach reading after third grade and that your children are supposed to know how to read for knowledge Hmm. by the time they hit fourth grade. Yep. Parents just don't get that because they assume that when they go to school, their kids are being taught. And we're in this weird space where teachers assume that parents are supplementing and parents assume that teachers are interesting.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's really hard from a teacher perspective, you know, when you have, like, because I can look at the reading levels of my kids and pull them up in any given class. And I think, you know, most of my classes are fourth and fifth grade level uh, in eighth grade. And, you know, there's so many challenges there because I can't really teach the content necessarily. I mean, I can, but I'd have to rewrite the entire thing. And so now textbook companies are getting on, on board and they're starting to create textbooks that you can, well, change to the student's reading level. Really? Which is really neat, but, um, you know, I and mean, there's a lot of limitations with the, what they're able to do and how much you can individualize that. I mean, really, you know, it's schools should that should be the number one focus until it's done, because you really, you know, you really just can't you can't go learn math. You can't read a math textbook because the math textbook, they're not going to make it to different reading levels. You know, it's just. They just see it as something that's just like a science that you can just look at and you should know. It's like something that's universal. But anyway, that's that's a whole tangent <laughs> that I could go task. down. No,
1: but but that's, that's exactly it. Like people don't realize that, that like teachers are being asked to do the impossible task of teaching 30 students who are all at different levels. And who do you teach to? Hmm. Yep. Who do you teach to? And how do you, how do you get, people, regardless of race, regardless of economic status, that are living in these communities that are boundaries based on some codes, that if I live south of Shaw, I've only visited south of Shaw. Mm-hmm. If I live north of Shaw, I don't go south of Shaw. Yeah. How do you get those communities to see, well, wait. We're all in this together. Mm. The literacy levels on the north side of town or on the south side of town affect me no matter what happens to me individually.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's true too. You like, Fresno is completely split like that. I mean people even like actually like verbatimly say that that they will not go south of Shaw. And I was like you're missing out. On I've heard Chef recently balls.
0: I've heard recently south of Herndon.
2: Correct? I've is heard that, south of is Herndon. Is that where you guys are at now?
0: Maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's but, outing
2: you.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm I'm you know, we're down here so I I've, I've gone south of Shaw. Well, uh, you, you made um, it. I made it. But uh <clears throat> I was, was going to say, oh yeah, there's a brewery that's opening up downtown that's called South of Shaw Brewing, which I love. Oh wow, which is, that, it's oh called yeah, South of awesome. Shaw. So, huh. um, but yeah, go, so let's go back to the library. So what what drew you to them specifically? How did they how did they get you?
1: Oh, so we interviewed each other. <laughs> okay. I always say, and I I think I want to give this gift to people because it was given to me. But anytime you're doing a, a job interview, you're interviewing them. Ask your questions mm-hmm. because this is—it's not a one-way street. It's—are we a good fit for each other? Right. And um, I've always loved libraries. Mm. It was the only place my parents allowed us to go mm. without them. And um, Yvette Enos, to to her credit, she would allow my parent my she would allow m- myself and my siblings to stay in the library. So. There's this picture of Party. me in the Livingston Library, like and they have a, they have a, a an album, and I had taken my team. We were, we were coming back from Modesto, and I was like, oh, I should show you guys the little library that I grew up going to, <laughs> and we stopped in, and there was an album, and there was a picture of me in 1986 no in the library. Way. So, oh like when I tell you I grew up in the library, Maybe I really, I was, there. I was always there. Yes. So hmm. I have a lot of books. I, I love books. Like mm. I've intentionally read to my children every night, even though I was, I would come from all over yeah. the state, I would come home and I would read to them. Or if not, I would read to them over the phone, Yeah. but they grew up hearing me read to them. Um. So it is definitely a part of who I am. Mm. Yeah.
0: So I've read these, you know, they, they put out these horrible lists, like the least literate cities in the United States. And Fresno and Bakersfield are usually on that list. And I did, I did research on it um, like to, their, to understand their method. like how do, they, how do they determine who's the least literate? And they describe it as there being a lack of book culture. Um, and they measure that through like libraries, through bookstores, through the number of like literature magazines that are published in that community. And that just doesn't seem fair for a low-income community to make that kind of generalization that it's not a literate community because there's not a bunch of independent bookstores that yuppies buy books at. and But I, I do think there is something to say about book culture, though.
1: So, okay, I'm going to – why are you making me confess? As a good I'm, Catholic, I'm going to confess right yes, now. Okay. Well. Recovering, but still, here it goes. So I recently did a presentation to uh, – with somebody else from the library who invited me to come out with her to do this presentation. And I go out, and there's 140 people who have just been released from prison and are now on parole. So now they're members of our community. They're here, right? And I ask this question. How many of you have ever been to the library? Only four people.
2: Out of 140?
1: Out of 140 raised their hand. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. And these are adults. Right. This is a free institution. The library is for all of us. And they've never visited the library, the majority of them. How do you change that? Hmm. So that because we know that they have children or family members. And maybe they don't have children, but they have family members. And if they don't have a culture of going to the library, the people's university, how do you change that? Yeah, mm. building
0: that culture. And that's, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard too because like, there's, there's these phones, there's these, you know, there's like, oh, TV Google is downloads. so good. And yeah. TV is so good.
2: She gives advice on everything.
0: We were talking about this Delilah person.
2: Her heart is struggling right now. What? I just found her on week. Okay. Oh, oh, that different topic.
0: Different topic. Yeah. Well, I was talking. We had to take another break because I had to burp twelve times because of the sparkling water. Um. And but uh, we were talking about how good TV is and how easy it is to illegally watch movies online. And it's just the entertainment is unending. There's podcasts. There's so many things to do other than read books. And so like. How do you how do you get people to read? you know I, I I struggle with this too, and you know a lot of teachers struggle with it like you know some of them think we should just give them all Kindles and that'll entice them, but no it's reading is just hard it is just hard
1: until you get it
0: until you get it and then you love it
1: so part of getting people to read is allowing them to have the space to pick what they read right and that is so hard and to tell someone, imagine this, I'm giving you permission right now. You can pick up a book, read the first 15 pages. If you don't like it, break up with it.
0: Yeah. Take it back.
1: Yeah. That, that is so hard. advice. That don't don't spend... is so hard, though. No, it's actually so easy.
2: How do you do that, though? How do you do that? It has to be the right match.
0: It feels like I'm committing to something. Like I'm being betrothed to the book.
2: No, it has to be the right match.
1: And God, people hate that I say this, but I will say this, too. I read the beginning, the end, and the middle. And then I read the whole book. What?
2: Yes. Okay, wait, what?
1: Yes. Yes, I do what that. order? So In I what read order? the beginning. Do I like it? Okay. Then I read the end. Because, you know, life is, life is surprising enough. I don't need any more surprises. I need oh, to know if the ending is going to be worth it. I go to the middle and then I read the whole book. Are so, you
0: are you like that person that was on their deathbed and needed to see what happened in Game of Thrones and I like mean, emailed I, HBO? And was like, probably, show me.
2: Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, but here's what gets me with that. So you read the ending and then you still read the book. Yes. Because if I read the ending, then I'm like, okay.
1: No, no, I don't no, need but to waste you, my time. I want to know how they got there. How did <laughs> it how, <laughs> how did it get what? to that point? That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna it's try cool. this sometime. Yes.
0: I'm gonna be honest. It sounds a little crazy, but it sounds interesting. I need to I'm try down, it. I'm
1: down to try it. It sounds like something sweet. you have to try uh,
0: to, to to get.
1: And and imagine if if young people and people who reading is not their strong suit, you give them permission to do that. What it does for them. Hmm. Right. Um, and so recently I ordered these Pride and Prejudice, and this is the second time I've told the story today these Pride and Prejudice books that are Pride and Prejudice for Topplers.
0: Oh. What? And
1: the reason I ordered these is because imagine Lisa being able to go to someone and say, I've read Pride and Prejudice. Right. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah,
0: no, that's like I
1: want you like, to be able to and say like
2: seven years old, like oh yeah, yeah, you read yeah. Pride and Prejudice, yeah. So <laughs> and people are like,
1: whoa, you read Pride? And they did. And they they did. did the whole story. Yeah. Without having all the the full yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. read the whole story. They read the beginning and
1: then they read the end yes. and then they read the middle. Yes. <laughs> so it's building that confidence, and some people might call it cheating. Uh-huh. But hey, people got into USC. That's
0: so, true. So every advantage,
1: certain. It's about being equitable. Is it? it's cheating.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, there's, equitable. Yeah. it's, it's honestly, it's a whatever will get you there. Right. Like, yes. like sometimes I have this habit where when I don't read for a long time, I'll intentionally get a tiny book. So I'll finish it and I'll go, okay, I can get back into this, like reading thing. Cause I just finished this book and it was maybe 50 pages or something, but it made me feel like it gave, you know, so whatever works. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. Amy, when you're having a, Like, you know, not readers block because there's no readers block. When you're not feeling like you want to read and you just want to watch TV, what do you do?
2: If my thing, if I don't, if I feel like I don't want to read, I usually like switch over to something nonfiction because I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can let me read something about like homo sapiens or like you know um global warming or something because if i'm if i'm gonna get into fiction i usually only have that when i'm reading fiction like okay yeah. i can't get into the storylines right now or today so i'm gonna read something about like earth or yeah. beavers like you know, right it's...
0: right now i'm reading and this is a big task when i've decided to do it i'm reading middle march that giant george Eliot book and oh god so like uh, there'll be times where I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's kind of like the Jane Austen yes. thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times like, I don't ever want to read this book again. Yeah. And like, I'll have to go and find something else to like give my brain something. Uh, because it is hard. You know, it is hard. Some of these books mm-hmm. are hard, but yes. they're worth it, but they're hard.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that that's kind of part of the reason allowing people to read what they want to read. Mm. Yes. So don't like, sometimes people will say, Oh, I tried reading Animal Farm and I didn't like it. Mm, Yeah. Well, that's okay. You don't have to like it because it's a classic. You don't have to like the classics. You can find your own classics.
0: That's important to learn.
1: Yeah. And so, what, like,
2: what importance would you place on libraries having, like, a plethora of books that represent a plethora of people, right? Because, like, you know, not everyone's going to identify with Pride and Prejudice or, like, not everyone's going to identify with Little Woman, you know? So, like, libraries how do libraries stay up to date with having books that people can identify with
1: so this is where the public really makes a difference on the fresno library website you can request books so i i I want the community to know that they can go on and ask for books that's
2: cool i didn't know that yes i
0: have done this it's for been like really obscure nerdy crap but like but i
1: nonetheless, but nonetheless nice like, you the, identify there's with.
0: maybe some other really nerdy guy that wants their girl that wants this book and oh,
1: even sure. even even i've walked people through it and i know that our collection development team at the Fresno County Public Library will order the book that you request they will they will order that's so that's amazing and then the next thing people can do is check it out yeah. because everything is circulation data so if you love a book and you think everyone should read it? Check it out. Bring it back.
0: I think you just maybe have unleashed Amy on some like obscure graphic novel fit like kick she's going to get on there and just
1: absolutely <laughs> like I think, yeah. every it's just opened
2: up like a I, whole world of things for me right now.
1: <laughs> so the, you know it's so funny like graphic novels, right? Uh, people on my team sometimes are like, "Why are you buying these graphic novels?" And I'm like, "Because they're appealing to people." And somebody who would I not love them. Eat, and there's graphic novels for all. Like Shirley Jackson, The Lottery um, Story. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. yes.
1: it, it's a graphic novel. Um, the Handmaid's Tale, graphic novel.
2: Yeah. It, they even, have you read The, the Kite Runner? Yes. Yeah, they just turned that, in, not just, but they the, turned that into a graphic novel and I too.
1: Ha, and I have it. It's so cool. To give away. Because one of the things that I feel like it's such a privilege to be in this role at the library um, as literacy coordinator, because we get to build people's mm-hmm. li- home library. uh, families aren't going to go out of their way if they have to buy food, pay the electric bill, Mm. or books. Right. True. Yes. So we have to get books into their hands. That's kind of our mandate Mm. to make sure that there's books. And one of the things I tell the parents is you guys could exchange books, share books with each other. You could have a home library and Mm -hmm. share with other people in the community. And then come back to the library and check out more books, yeah, you know because you're that's cool yeah. I need you to
2: I need to hook you up with Maya, who is a librarian at Reedley College, yes, and her like what they're struggling with too is like getting people to come to the library like how do you how do you get people to come? how do you make it a priority in their life and not
0: just make it about the place where you go when you have a midterm you have to right. study
1: yeah, so part of it is right people who didn't grow up in a culture of using the library hmm I think about like. Kids who didn't have that experience that I did, like libraries, have, have always been a part of my life. Hmm. Not that's not the case for other Mexican American kids, for other kids of other cultures. That's not that's not how they grow up. That's true. They don't grow up going to story time. Yeah. Like the biggest gift that we could say to people is, "Come, we want Come. you. Yeah. Try it. I'll go with you." Yeah. So, there's together? video games there's yes. movies
2: there's
1: yeah there's everything. so many fun things yeah. it's Redbox for free yeah <laughs> for
0: free so what do you, let's turn this back to not back but to Fresno for a second so like like what is the state of the library in Fresno like how do people view the library um, is there a lot of community support in the library because I know you guys have lots of volunteers obviously I'm one so like I kind of have a sense that like we exist but like what is the community's relationship
1: so I'm very hopeful from like where I sit that more people are coming in. Mm-hmm. Um so one of the things that I get most excited about is partnering up with people who library might not have been the place that they see themselves and then they get to come do something really cool with the library. Mm. Yeah. And guess what? You're an advocate for the library. It's okay to walk the neighborhood and invite people to the library. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I think about here, where we're at right now, and the proximity to our downtown library. Yeah. And so, the downtown library has a problem with parking, right? You have to pay to park. Mm -hmm. Yep. But people who live in this neighborhood, that should be a walkable. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine if we made it so that it was a walkable place where people felt like they could come to and do programming for free and felt safe coming in and and there's other systems where the homeless and the professionals and the families all coexist. Yeah. That could be us. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, town.
2: that's a hub right there of all yes. of that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: And I do see, you know, cause I'll, I'll go to different libraries. You know, sometimes I go to the Woodward branch cause that might be on the side of the town I live. Um, North but, of
2: Shaw right here. <laughs> uh, yikes.
0: Um, but uh, you know, I see a lot of, It's interesting to me because I see a lot of parents that want to get their kids reading. Um, But I don't see those parents also walking to the other shelves to look for books themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like they walk in there, they get their children's Mm -hmm. books for their kids, and then they're on their iPhones. so So I guess what I'm saying is I think to really have a literate culture, the parents need to be at reading themselves and modeling that to their kids. Not just as like a tool to become literate,
1: you know. So, um, absolutely, and that's that's what we tell parents: you have to do. Your kids see you reading. Like we, when we run our five week series, we ask people: oh, do your kids see you reading? And in my personal life, I have friends who they are they are college professors themselves, and their kids have a heart are struggling to read. But I'm like, do your kids see you reading? Well, I read at work. I don't read at home. And I'm like, just pretend to read. Pick up a book <laughs> and just pretend. Just did your pretend phone in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. just pretend yeah. to read yeah. because yes, you did a wonderful dissertation, and they, you know, there's all these this research that you're doing, but they don't actively see you reading, hmm. and you can't expect them to read if you're not reading. Yeah, because yeah, the
0: phone true. is like, the phone, like, the phone is so magical, and it's like, if you're showing the kid, like, who, this is what you get to be, get to have when yeah. you're an adult, you know, you don't have to read anymore, you yeah. just get to swipe on this thing, yeah. what does that, what does that, what does that tell a kid?
1: And, and you know what, it's interesting, because what we, I have a star chart, and I can show it to you guys, and it's a star sh- chart, and I, it, and it works for anybody, right, this star chart is not special, but it's a dry erase star chart. And as a family, you can set up like 20 minutes. We're going to do 20 minutes of reading time. Mm-hmm. Because kids are being assigned this anyhow. Yeah. Right. So why not do it alongside your kids? Absolutely. So that they see that um, that you do it. And think about what it was like for families back in the days when the Fresno Bee arrived mm-hmm. to your home. And people actually subscribed. And father, grandfather, Everybody's mother. was reading. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you got the funnies. And that even happened in my household. We always got the Sunday paper. My parents always made sure. And exactly, we all read the comics. Yeah. And then we, my brother got into the sports page and I, you know, my sister got into stocks and bonds. And I mean, she works for (laughs) Amazon. So like, you know, you just think about this stuff. That's so crazy. Yeah. Well, and like,
2: I, like, as we're talking about this, I'm like, where did my habit of reading come from? And it's truly like like my mom read a ton, and like any time you know she was reading, we were also expected to read. I think I can contribute. I attribute it to my mom and LaBar Burton as well from reading yeah. Rainbow. Yeah, I mean, oh I, yes, I grew up reading Rainbow. and my yes. my
0: parents would read on the couch in the morning. That was what we did before we turned on the TV, and that was just like kind of like a rule of the house so that time when you get up in the morning when my dad is drinking coffee that is the time where we're reading and we're quiet yeah
2: there was like silent Um, time yeah there was some silent like reading
0: time and i i remember i would go when i was real little so this obviously stopped when i got older but i would go get my giant animal atlas and i would sit on the couch with my dad and like leaf through it and read about the animals that were
1: interesting <laughs> to me. But that's awesome. I, didn't, I didn't pay you to bring up the atlas, but I have to tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she didn't. I, she didn't. Like, yeah. Telepathy. is so, what I have. <laughs> we've been doing these um, family literacy learning together with Loteria as a Hook. And we're starting it, family storytelling that is going to targeting Southeast Asian communities but anybody's welcome just like it is like with Loteria. Okay. But anyhow, we've given out so many atlases okay. to kids because you'd be surprised like some of them have never seen an atlas like they don't they they mm. haven't seen an atlas and they get so excited because they're like so China is way over here and ne- There's other countries next to China. It's not just, you know, and it's it's just, world, yeah, and like Europe and just like, and oh, they get so fascinated when they learn like South America, like the whole lot of countries that are are a part of it that are not just like Mexico, Canada, like Mm -hmm. they, you know, and understanding that. Mexico and Canada are part of North America. That's yes. just like their mind is blown.
2: <laughs> yes. Like what? <laughs> just, Mexico's America?
1: Yes. What? North yeah. America? Are you yeah. serious? Like, <laughs> the, the, People are really
0: bad with geography these days. Yes. And they don't. Yeah. I. It scares me. But mm-hmm. that's and, a whole different topic.
1: So we had an atlas that had, um, it's the Lego atlas. You know, yeah. it's like, so now I always bring atlases with us and yeah. um, different types of but this Lego atlas had what animals are in each country.
2: Oh, that's cool. Oh, the boys. Oh, I, I just, yes. you know, like you just. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Seeing that is so exciting. Oh, um, that's really cool. That's capturing them, whatever book it takes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like you said, it has, it has to be there, but it has to be yeah. right match. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple little more questions to ask to kind of wrap up. Um, the first one's kind of a big one, but it, it'll kind of get us talking about policy so let's imagine that uh tomorrow jeff bezos walks into your office at the library and says you know deborah i've heard about the work you're doing and i want to give you specifically 10 million dollars to go you know increase literacy in fresno um and i see you doing great things here so if you were given a bunch of money and you could use it in any way to really kind of create this book culture that we're talking about what 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 are your initial thoughts about how you would use
1: that? So it's so appropriate that you asked this question because that's kind of how I operate. Like if they brought the money, what would I do right now? Yeah. So um, there's a couple of things. One thing would be create more spaces where people who are no literate can work together. Okay. Because it's important for them to see that they're not alone.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And creating those spaces is really hard because... When they come together, it's magic, magic, and you can't, you can't capture it. You can't write a grant and say, and as an antidote, this is what happened in that room. Like people have to see it in order to believe it. It's, it's such a weird thing, but what happens when five or six people are learning something together? Um, We've captured that at the mosque. Like people start reading a book. They start saying, oh, I can do this. Oh, now I've signed up for high school to get my GED and stuff like that. So getting those things to happen and what we need is space. yeah, And volunteers or what if you could do paid instructor yeah. and we're gearing towards something. So a young person who wants to dedicate their life to promoting literacy could have a living wage yeah. to do this. Yeah, Because you do it as a volunteer but most people they, they want, they'd want to do it for a job it can't. You yeah. have to do it. They have to have something else to fall back on.
0: Right. You know? And I come in to my volunteering time with a few brain cells left after a long week of middle school. So, you know, I mean, it's it. I can only imagine if it was where I could devote all of my attention, what I could do. And so mm. I, I definitely see the need.
1: Uh, so it, that would be really like something like pulling talent yeah. and getting people who, who were uh, former learners to be the instructors. Yeah. Because there's, there's learners, like we've had five career online high school graduates so far. And imagine if you could pay one of them to teach someone else. Absolutely. And what that would be like, because now they, they have some economic encouragement to do this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead, I'm like, no, you have to go back to school and get this and do that. And, you know. Yeah. You know. And sometimes and then- people can't, they can't.
0: Yeah, they that's, have that, to that's a out. lot. That's a lot to ask of yeah. people.
2: Well, it's like you, you pause life essentially yeah. to yeah. go to school and do all that. So. Right.
0: All right. I have my final question for you. What are two books that you've read recently that you would recommend to people to read?
1: The Four. She had it ready. That the Four. Quick. The Four. It's an old book.
0: Okay. What is The Four about?
1: It's about the Big Four.
2: The Big Four.
1: Amazon, Facebook. Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and Google. Oh, interesting. But only read it if you dare.
2: Oh, Is it, so it's scary a little Are bit. Are you throwing your iPhone away? <laughs> I don't have an iPhone. Oh. So
1: <laughs> but I had the first iPhone, and then I never. I had the second iPhone, and it did Remember when they had that little black thing that you had to put on your phone? Yes, I was like done. Yeah. I was like yeah. done. It's like, too much. It's too expensive to have yeah. to put something around it. So, <laughs> yes, right? Right? that's like true. Like yes, yeah. yes. And so the four, okay, the four, and there's this book, and I'm trying. I read it in Spanish, but I know there's an English version. And, um, no, I think that people from the Central Valley should read The Spirit Catches You. The Spirit Catches You. What's, yeah. Is it fiction? And, or... and it's no, it's, it's a book about Hmong childbirth in Merced County. So being someone from Merced Whoa. County. And it talks about the institution and how, Whoa. yeah, so it's an older book. But I would recommend people read that. That sounds it's fascinating. Um,
2: Spirit Catches You. Yes. The Spirit okay. Catches You. Huh. I'm done fall, with that. I think
1: it's called. Interesting. Yeah, so. That's, that's a awesome. four. <laughs> no, so the
2: four and then the Spirit Catches You. you. Okay. Yeah, because
1: awesome. I was going to say another book, but I was like, that's a book yeah. that is like in, in the valley. Okay, let's say that
0: other history. book. Let's just make it an even three.
1: Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm like, wait a minute. It just flipped my mind.
2: You said you read it in Spanish, but there's probably an
1: English version. Yes. Uh, La Caja de Carton, but, um, oh gosh.
0: Okay. You can dig through your bag. I should dig through my phone so I can... Amy, have you read any good books recently?
2: Um, All the books I'm reading right now have to do with law enforcement. So Search and Seizure. I've been reading a lot of Case Law. Map, Map versus Ohio... It's really interesting. That sounds stuff. like
0: great bedtime reading. <laughs> sounds like it puts you right to yeah, sleep. <laughs> I'm reading a
2: lot of case law. But, yeah.
1: Are you a lawyer?
2: Uh, law enforcement. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, in the same vein? Yeah. It is. Yes. Yeah, it's all the same. Okay, so it's The Circuit. Stories from the life of a migrant child. Ooh. Okay. And, okay, so... My brother, who teaches fifth grade, actually told me to read this. It's by Francisco Jimenez. Okay. And this book is has a lot of chapters that are here in the valley. Fowler's in the book. Is that Yes. Oh. And he um, he's a professor now. It, it tells us life as an immigrant, wow. a child in so the forties, cool. which is like crazy. So, wow. Yeah. So,
0: that is on yeah. the list for the sure. The
1: circuit. The circuit. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Circuit. yeah. So I you'll be like, oh, sure. I know that town. Oh, I know that. Oh, yeah. I know that place. Yeah.
2: So like, yeah. You, like you can familiar si- yes. familiarize yourself with that stuff. Yeah.
1: And I like those kind of stories where you can still see like, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like yeah. when you, have, have you read William Soroyan? Yes. So like, when I read his books, I'm like, oh, he's talking about like right here and here and here.
1: And I just had somebody come. That So this person that I knew from when I was at Fresno State come into the library and he was actually going to read a Soroyan book to it's is, um class uh-huh. at the at soroyan elementary oh that's yeah amazing. it's central that's unified so isn't cool. that cool that is yeah. and he was looking for an appropriate book to read about soroyan oh cool. i know like, appropriate yeah. hard
2: to find with soroyan yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and i'm like well you could find a biography like true yeah there's mm-hmm. different things so yeah that's awesome yeah
0: well thanks for coming and hanging oh, out yeah all it was all so
2: all awesome that. hearing yeah. about everything yeah so go libraries. Go yes. libraries.
0: Yeah. Go if read any, a book.
1: And if anybody wants to volunteer, we're there. Yes, or I, I highly
0: to... encourage people to volunteer. Yeah. It's one of the best things I do all week.
2: Everybody yeah. better take advantage of requesting a book. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm gonna go, go request reco- amazing. Amy's
0: gonna go request a hundred graphic novels yeah. tonight. I'm, I'm gonna I'm go to sleep, it. but
1: you, know. <laughs> you gotta I'm work
2: tomorrow. Yeah, I gotta yeah. work.
0: That's it for us, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and please take some time to stay at home, watch some Netflix, read some books, and just take care of yourself. Until next time.